One of the things that I hear from a lot of men who are single or are divorced is that they can't seem to find a good woman. Well, we're going to talk about how to not only find a good woman, but how to be the kind of man that attracts. You can be a man of courage, of honor, of integrity. Right you can be the this. father, the. You can be a man of courage, of honor, of integrity. You can be the father, the husband, the leader that your family and your community needs. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Hatcher. Welcome to the Manlyhood Man Cave. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher, and I am so glad that you chose to tune in to what we're doing here today. Listen, if you are appreciating what you hear from our podcasts, please share it with others. Join our private Facebook group, the Manlyhood Man Cave. Go to the manlyhood.com store. You can get some manlyhood gear and some of the books that I've written, and you can help support this growing movement of men trying to be better men. Hey, listen, today's interview is with Sammy Moa. He is a dating expert. He helps men to become the kind of men that attract the right kind of woman. Let's see what we can learn from Sammy. Sammy, it's great to have you on the Manlyhood Mancast. I have uh, been looking at the work that you do, and I have found it intriguing. And I think that our guests can learn quite a bit from you today. I think we'll have a really good conversation. Why don't you tell me, introduce yourself, tell me what you do and, and how you got involved in that. I mean, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me. I uh, appreciate your time and I appreciate um, bringing me on this platform. Um, so what I do is I I help busy single men who are struggling to meet and attract their ideal partner, uh, usually build up their social confidence, get to the point where they feel confident within who they are, um, and then teach them the skills and the ability so they can go and meet and attract their ideal partner. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people don't seem to know how to do today. Yeah, it's um I feel like we're getting more and more disconnected as time passes. People are like, you know, glued into these devices where we're we're looking down for copious amounts of time, right? And socializing has become weirder and weirder and stranger and stranger. And when, you know, a couple of years back when someone said they met on online dating, that would have been a weird thing. Whereas now, it's almost the norm. It's almost weird if you didn't meet that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I I kind of like to help people break out of that shell of just being, you know, glued into not socializing and just keeping their head down and working hard. And more so, hey, if you've done well and you're building an awesome life, why not share that with someone else? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I think that it's important in... A lot of the young men that I know who are in that position often find themselves completely lost and overwhelmed, really, when they think about it. You know, they want to date. They want to find a partner. They have no idea where to even start, you know, and it's and I, I think it's good that there's things like what you're doing, you know, it, it's funny because when we met originally, when we were speaking, we we're also talking about even men who aren't young men who are divorced, who've. Mm-hmm you know, being through a relationship 
for whatever reasons it didn't work out. Maybe it ended on a good note. Maybe it ended on a bad note. But for whatever reason, it didn't end. Uh, it didn't last forever um, as they expected. And now they're looking at their lives and like, well, starting from scratch again. You know, it's very difficult. You know, when you met someone, you spent the past 10, 15, 20 years with someone, and now you're like, well, I, I don't want to live the rest of my life alone. I want to get out there and meet someone. Where do I even begin? Yeah, I, and that's a very challenging thing as well because, you know, I mean, I've been married to my wife for 20, well, let's see, it was 1998, so I'm really bad at math, but it's 20-something years, right? And, um, you know, we've got a great, solid relationship. We're not, every now and then, though, I'll think about what would it be like if she passed away, you know, divorce is off the table for us. It's just kind of a, it's a dirty word we don't talk about, but I know not everybody's got that. But what would happen if she were to pass away? Like, I'm going to be single because there's no way I could, <laughs> I could conquer this this modern dating scene. And I, you know, just the idea of that, it's frightening to me. And I imagine that a lot of men in that position wouldn't know where to start. Yeah. So, what kind of advice would you give a guy in that position? I feel like the the biggest mistake that I see that men make in general is that they try to go and see what everyone else is doing rather than focusing on what they like doing. So the person may hate the bar scene, hate the club scene, but say, well, that's where everyone is, so I have to go there. And I'm like, well, if you do that, then you're going against what you want to do, what you're interested in, and forcing yourself in an environment that you don't enjoy. And if you're going to meet someone, you're probably, gonna get, you're, not, you're probably not going to connect with them on a level that you're interested in. Whereas if, for example... You're a business guy. Um, forcing yourself to a nightclub isn't going to work. But if you go to a business conference, if you go to retreats, and if you go to um, networking events, you're going to meet like-minded individuals, so it's going to be much easier to meet the right people. So step one is really just putting yourself in the right place. Um, and sometimes it doesn't even have to be that. If you're just a regular guy and you just hate the bar scene or you hate online dating, you're just not a fan of it, just going about your day and just bumping into a complete stranger, starting a conversation, you know, human to human and um, having a chat and seeing if it goes well, great. If it doesn't go well, I mean, it doesn't matter. You've just met a random person and either they can become a friend or they can become an acquaintance or they could nothing could come out of it. But sometimes just sparking conversation with a complete stranger can completely change your life. Well, and maybe that's the person that you start talking to is not the woman that you end up dating, but maybe she's got a sister, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 funny because um, one of the best things that I've, I've uh, I'll, I'll give you like a little tip that I've taught some of my clients. Um, anytime someone says, um, I've seen like a lot of dating advice in general, and I'm, I'm not, a, I don't consider myself a dating coach per se i consider myself a person who helps men in their social confidence and teaches them dynamics of human to human interaction um so a lot of people will say you know i met a girl and she was great and then she told me she had a boyfriend and most of the advice that you'll hear is the guy saying oh well i'm better than your boyfriend or whatever they're trying to as if that's going to solve problem solve anything as if she's gonna like you know what you're right let's do this um where in fact the most the best case scenario that can come out of this is here's a little uh, snippet of what I teach guys. I'm like, you say, awesome. I'm, I'm genuinely happy for you guys. I would hate to get in the way between that, but I bet you have some cute single friends. So one, you've shown mutual respect. You're not a weird guy. You're not someone who's trying to be creepy or anything. Like that. You're just saying, hey, 
competing at that wouldn't want to get in, get in the way of that at all um and then she's like wow this guy gets it he's a normal human being he gets it right he's not trying to be weird and creepy or whatever and um i appreciate the compliment of him like talking to me or wanting to go out with me because it's flattering i, I appreciate that and if i was single maybe i would have given him a chance but i'm not he respects that and now he's saying hey i bet you have some cute single friends or you know you, you have friends to, to hang out with yeah i do have someone who who would work for him she puts you in a higher place of saying you know what this is a guy who i would want to date my friend yeah yeah i think that it's probably very easy to settle for i don't i think guys will often think about approaching it for what they want you know what they're looking for and you know really a healthy relationship is about you meeting that person's needs and so if you're starting it out looking for just what you want rather than someone to you know have a mutual relationship with i think that might be part of the problem as well yeah there's a there's a saying that goes the hungry don't get fed mm-hmm. and i've noticed this a lot um the person who is the neediest or uh the person who really needs um an interaction to go well it probably won't because people can feel desperation people can feel that neediness but if you're just someone who's there to have a good time and just talk to people because that's what you do and you just give out value and energy and you're just a fun person um and you're just having a conversation with someone and you don't care if it goes well or if it doesn't go well because that's what you do you just talk to people and that's the person who's going to get results that's the person who's going to get a relationship that's the person who's going to get a date that's the person who's going to create a friend out of nowhere um and even outside of dating i've um i've met some i've met some awesome people along my journey and just by spot one of, i'll give you like a, a a small quick uh snippet i was standing in line at um at a food truck in new york and it was a one hour long line as you do in new york city um and there was a guy in front of me who was not not someone you know so it's not a woman even just a guy in front of me who was just standing right there um, so we started to spark a conversation i don't know where i don't want anything from him he doesn't want to we're just chatting right you just, you're in line you're wasting, you're killing time so slowly we get to the front of the, uh, the food truck and um the guy goes hey it's the last dosa uh it was the meal that we were getting of the day i'm sorry i don't have any more the guy turns around he's like you know what i'll split it with you splits it with me um we end up talking we become friends i'm actually going to go to his house on thursday um he's introduced me to some people some of the highest level individuals out there he's helped me um generate high six figures in revenue from just meeting him and networking and just having a conversation with the person so even if it's not someone who you could potentially date just having sparking conversation out of nowhere out of thin air is just a very powerful tool to meet people in this world so that skill obviously you know you spend a lot of time investing in teaching people that um it's not something that comes naturally for a lot of people for sure so how how would someone who's uncomfortable approaching a stranger or having a conversation with somebody like that how would somebody start what what how would they build that into their their brain it's, it's interesting you say that because a lot of people say i'm introvert or extrovert and i don't believe it's a black and white i think you have moments of being an introvert moments of being a little bit of an extrovert because guess what if you're an introvert but you're around 
um, your friends who you've known for the past 10 years, you're probably going to come out of your shell and you're probably going to be talking more. But if I take you and I drop you in an environment where you don't know a single person and everyone's talking over you, you'll become an introvert. Um, I think the best way to do this is, first of all, if you are someone who isn't used to doing that, getting yourself in, first of all, in the environment of where you enjoy. So like I said, if you're into business, go to business networking events. If you're into salsa, go to salsa class. If you're into uh, yoga, go to yoga retreat. Just going, putting yourself in these places. If you don't like anything, um, just you know, try to start small and create momentum. Momentum is your friend in this because there is um, there's momentum of building up and just speaking to strangers. So even if you just walk around the mall, or like a busy shopping street and just wave to strangers and say hi, which is a very, you know, easy thing to do, but also kind of random to do. Like it's kind of weird to do that. You start building momentum of communicating. It's like a muscle. And the more you do that, the more you can be like, hey, you know, awesome scarf or whatever it is. You kind of start adding to that. Now you're asking, uh, you're, you're putting yourself um, in situations where you're having conversations with people out of nowhere where a week ago you weren't able to have a full long conversation. Now you're just starting small and, you know, saying, Hey, awesome scarf or whatever it is and starting a chat with someone. Oh, thank you so much. And that's it. You walk by make a day. Maybe the next time you have a little bit more of a conversation. And the more you do that, the more you build up that momentum of talking in the reverse way. When people sit behind their desk and work from home all day and they don't speak to a single person, then even when they get food, if they go to the grocery store, they don't speak to anyone or they order food from their phone, never communicate. For a week, their vocal cords aren't being used. So when they're in an environment where they're supposed to be social, it's no wonder that they're out of shape, quote unquote, right? They haven't worked out in a week in that sense or a month or a year. And some people stay silent for quite a long period of time, focused on their work, focused on the screen. And this doesn't happen naturally. So I grew up in a small town. I live, I've lived kind of small town life my entire life. I grew up in a town of like 700 people. Um, and then I moved to a town about half an hour away where we have like 30,000 people in a 30 mile radius. So it's very spread out. We're very rural, you know? Sure. And, um, so our mindset here is very different than people who live in the city. And I remember a bunch of us went to New York City for a conference, and um, we are just used to talking to people. You know, like it's something – I mean, there are introverts here, sure, but like I think culturally it's more common for you to smile and have a conversation with some – you know, if if we were to ride the bus here, we're going to have a conversation with the people on the bus. We just do that. And I remember we got on the train – heading into the city and we had like the best time just talking to people and it we didn't know that it was weird (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know because nobody talks on the train nobody talks on the bus it's all very you know and and it's kind of a sad thing i don't know if it's i don't know where that evolved from but i i think about that a lot when you know when we're whenever we start talking about that idea of introverted and extroverted and people who um sure yeah, it's definitely a, a cultural difference, too. I, I have a theory on this. Um, and uh, so entertain me and, and, and hear me out. First of all, I grew up in a, um, a small town in a small Greek island in the Mediterranean. So I'm not I'm not from, you know, gigantic cities by any means. Um, but if you go back to tribal times, when you were in, when we were in tribal times, when you had a small tribe, first of all, you knew everybody. 
right? You knew every single person in there. There was the leader of the tribe. There was the person who um, would get the food, the person who would, like everyone had their role. So you kind of knew everybody. So you had that and everything was organized. Put us into a mega city with millions of people and that function is lost and it's very overwhelming. So you don't know what tribe each person belongs to. I know it's, we don't longer in tribes, but you know, your brain is just a little bit overwhelmed. I don't think humans were meant to be in million, like 10 million people cities, right? I don't think that's the, the way we, we are designed. So when we're overwhelmed with all that, rather than, first of all, it's impossible to speak to 10 million people. You also kind of like close up because anyone could be an enemy. Anyone could be a scary person. You don't know if they could hurt you or if they could be nice to you. And so that's why I feel like a lot of people in big cities, when, um, when they're approached by a stranger, they almost have their guard up because they're like, what does this person want from me? Um, so you, you have people in huge cities who go from, go to work every single day, come back from work, sit on the train and never speak to a single other human being while everybody's, uh, staring down their phones. Kind of like what you said, like it was weird for you guys to talk to people, not for you, but for, for them, they were like, this is interesting. Like, this doesn't happen normally. And, and they all embraced it. I think they actually f- found it welcoming, but it was definitely weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sorry, we're, I was just going to say, we're, as, as human beings, we are social creatures. We, we need social interactions. In fact, I would say this, the worst thing that you can do to a criminal, worse than locking them up with other murderers and rapists and people who've done serious crimes, is putting them by themselves in a room. Solitary confinement is is the worst thing you can do to a, a criminal because you go crazy by yourself. I know that some of my friends that have been divorced and now they're on their own or they've been or even in the middle of separation or whatever. I have some guys that I've been kind of talking to lately and they say that's the worst part is just they go to work and they come home and they have a room and that's yeah. it and they're alone and and that's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. It's tough. And I don't think these past two years have made it easier for people. I think it's made it even harder. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, you know, I know that part of what you do is that that romantic relationship part of it. But I, I love the idea that it's more about teaching people to be social. You know, it, it even starts with a step before that. I think mm. you need to be your own source of validation. You need to be your own source of happiness. So first, before uh, I say that I have three major steps that I take someone through. The first step is for them to genuinely have a level of self-love. They need to genuinely be proud of who they are, happy with who they are, feel comfortable in their own skin because if you don't love yourself, it's going to be very difficult to find someone who will for you. know, And then you're going to be dependent on that person's love. You need to be your own source of happiness, number one. Once you do that, then I help people overcome their fears or their anxieties of talking to people and just getting themselves out there. And then I teach them the social skills. So it really starts before socializing, really just being comfortable in your own skin and, you know, being proud of who you are. So what was it in your journey and your story that prompted this for you? Was this something that you were always good at or is this something that you had to learn? No, not at all. Um, I, um, always the, the the why me or, or, you know question that used to come up with i'd look at friends who were doing well in their dating lives or the social lives or they would be invited to things and i wouldn't get invited to things. i was like why them why not me like what's wrong 
look good looking in front of the mirror and be like, what is it? My face is it my, what is it? Like, what's going on? Like, am I just weird? Like, so I couldn't get past that. And, um, then also the anxiety of talking to people of walking up to a stranger and having a conversation, um, was also something that I struggled with. So what prompted this was trying to solve well, first of all, I thought the problem was dating. And it's funny because all the guys who come to us, they're like, we need help with the dating advice. We need help with getting into relationship. And that's what they want. But what they need is overcoming the anxiety and building up that self-love within themselves. So when we give them that, they're like, oh, that's actually not what we're here for. But this makes sense. I'm so much happier that I got this stuff first because now the dating is secondary. And the dating just falls into place after we do all these things. So for me, it was, I wanted to fix the dating life. And I tried a diff- bunch of different things and I got some dates and I got some relationships and um, broke up with people and go back and straight. Like it was just, you know, a whole mess. But until I solved that self-confidence within myself, that real true confidence, certainty and identity of who I was, then got over the anxiety. Then I was like, okay, now I feel good for a relationship. I'm ready. Yeah, I think that's something that most men can't see because the first thing they feel is the lonely. And so they look for the one thing that they think is what fills that, you know. And I mean, hey, you know, no matter what stage of your life you've got, you know, that's kind of common. You know, you've got a hole and you find the first thing that seems like that fills that hole. But a lot of times it's really about fixing the hole. Yeah. I think it, everything starts with mindset, whether it's improving your your, your physical health, your fitness, um, you know, starting a business. Everyone always starts the oh, well, what's the exercise that I need to do at the gym? Well, first of all, you have to be in the right mindset and understand that these are the things. But what, how do I, you know, how do I get a hundred more clients in my business? Well, first of all, you have to be in the right mindset before you launch your advertising because if you don't have the right mindset and it's going to show in what you write, in your copy, it's, it's gonna to translate to those clients so they'll never show up to your doors. I feel like we always think of like how to solve, you know, step 25 and we never figure out, we never think that we need to start at step one. What's the most challenging thing that you find most of these guys struggle with? Um, it's interesting because it's difficult to pinpoint exactly one thing because everyone's so unique. But I will say people get discouraged very fast, you know, um, they'll make heaps of progress in their personal lives. But then if they get, you know, one rejection, someone says, sorry, I have a boyfriend. It can crush them and make them have a hard time moving on when it's like, hey, this just wasn't a good fit. Move on to the next person. And they might be. And so I feel like one of the biggest challenges I find is that people give up faster than they should now when they have us as a coach and they have us in our in their corner coaching them when they have an accountability coach working with us we make sure that doesn't happen we make sure we we push them past that but in general when i've seen people try to figure this out on their own they'll build up a lot of stuff and then they'll go out and maybe they even get you know into a relationship or the next person they they like they get into a relationship and they break up and they get into another relationship or even if they just get a lot of compliments, the first negative thing tears them down. And that's because they didn't build it up correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, almost like if I gave you a, um, if I gave you a old building from the 1800s and I said, Hey, let's build a skyscraper here. 
What most people do is they start building brick on brick on brick on top of this old weak building, um, which would be the equivalent of a guy learning a bunch of lines uh, or you know getting a haircut and losing some weight and getting a nice outfit. But then as soon as one person rejects them or acts badly towards them, then their whole house of cards crumbles down. What we do is we say, you know what? This is an old building. There's a lot of stuff here that's not strong. We need to destroy this old building, dig the foundation, put in cement, steel beams. That's the confidence that I talk about, building up that certainty within yourself. So now when you're building that building, it's unshakable confidence. There's no way you're going to tear that down. And that's what really um, generates the results. Yeah. We had talked about, uh, you know, kind of before, and we've mentioned here in that those those men that are coming from a divorced perspective, they're, they've lost their relationship. Um, what advice do we give that man uh, sure. about, you know, because I think that's a, there's a lot of pain and a lot of hurt there that they've got to start working through, you know, really grief. You know, how do, how do you start them out? What What kind of... So when someone comes to us and they've come from a major breakup or a divorce or whatever the case may be, and something where they've lost someone, um, the the this is, the wrong advice is go out and meet someone new right away because you haven't gone through um, you know the steps to really just overcome what just happened. And grief is important. I think it's important to go through the emotions. Um, you're going to be in a pit of darkness, you're going to have some bad thoughts, and that's okay. What's not okay is staying in that pit. You're allowed to mourn. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to cry. You know, you're allowed to go through all these emotions and experiences. But at some point, you're going to have to say, you know what, I've mourned. I had to pick myself up. So what I say is, first and foremost, like what really needs to happen is acceptance. You really need to just accept that what just happened happened, and we're going to move forward. There's no going back. There's no starting. You know, it's just done. So you really have to do that. The second thing I say is you need to take time for yourself to sit down and regroup and figure out what direction you want your life in. This is a new chapter. And almost like when you're making New Year's resolutions, you want to figure out what direction you're trying to take to build 2022 or whatever year you're in. So I say, and and I, I genuinely mean this advice. Go on Airbnb and find a remote cabin or a remote place and just go there for a weekend by yourself. No phone, no TV, no books. Just sit down with a notepad and just have some time because we never do that. We never unplug and sit with your own thoughts for a weekend, have supplies for food and just genuinely just start processing what just happened. Like, what am I feeling right now? What's going on? Well, I just went through a breakup. Okay. Is life over? No, it really isn't. What am I feeling right now? Well, I'm feeling sad. Cool. And run, just run through the emotions and feel them be sad. Like go through whatever emotions you're feeling. And then after that, once you've done expressing it and feeling it, because you're on your own, there's no judgment. You can do whatever you want. And you're not distracted by TV or your phone. Sit down and say, you know what? Okay, we've accepted it. We've had some alone time. Where are we going to go? sit down and make a game plan as to how my life wants to look like in the next one, two, five, ten years from now. And start saying, well, I'm not happy with this, I'm not happy with this, I'm happy with this, but I want this to improve. And start figuring out a game plan and figure out the action steps of what you need to do to get there. In fact, 
most guys turn their who who come out of breakup sometimes you see oh you've lost weight yeah because they've started their life over and they're like you know what I'm I'm no longer going to accept this myself or they start a new business because they're dedicated to change they've, they they know that it's a new chapter so taking action steps that you've created on how to move forward and another thing I would say is really start becoming a yes man someone who doesn't stay home and lingers all day and just either drinks his sorrows away or watches TV to drown his sorrows away. But like, hey, if there's something going on in your town or your city, go there. Go interact with people. Go meet new people. Create a new social circle. Create new friends. Meet someone. Potentially go on a date with someone. But now you're ready because you've done all the first steps. Yeah. The uh, cabin alone in the woods reminds me of a quote, and I wish I could remember who said it, but they said that uh, most of the problems that men have in the world would be solved if he could sit alone by himself with his thoughts, you know? And I, I think there's some wisdom in that. Definitely. So yeah. as we, as we look at this process, man, of, uh, building a man up, what do you think are some of the things that that man needs? I mean, obviously confidence is one that you've talked about. What else does that man need in his life? If you're building him up, I think everyone is unique in that sense where it's really just dependent on what you're trying to get. I don't think any two men are the same. So one man's uh, values may be that he wants to be, um, you know, honest with, with the people around him first and foremost before anything else um, and true to his word. And that's his true core value. Another person may say, you know what, I agree with that, but that's not my first core value. Value, My first core value is growth. I'm going to learn, I want to grow, I want to become the best I can possibly be. Um, so really just figuring out what your core values are. And everyone needs to kind of sit down and say, well, what do I, what do I stand for? You know, when people have a business, you have to think of what is the brand? Like, well, you know, we're a fast food chain. Or no, well, we're a high-end restaurant. And both of those... Um, chains while they serve food they do it in very different ways and they have different values well we value price they value quality and you kind of need to sit down with yourself and say hey and this is a good thing after rake up to do by the way sit down and say well what are the core values that I, that I have that I want to express to the world that I want to leave my mark here even if no one's there to see it I want to know that I wrote this in history to myself even if nobody gets to see it um, so you kind of figure out what, what those are what your true core values are and say, you know what, I'm going to focus on these things. And also being, I know I said growth as one of them. I think it's very important to be hungry to never stop growing. A lot of people say, oh, well, you know, people should accept me for who I am. But, and that's fair and all. I'm not saying to change. I'm just saying always present yourself as the best version of yourself. No one wants to put their worst version of themselves forward, right? You always want to be your best self. So really just finding ways to continuously improve on yesterday, even though I don't mean literally yesterday, I'm just saying in general, always becoming the best version of yourself as a man, as growing, learning, um, improving what you can improve. I think that's one of the most amazing qualities that we have as humans is that we can actually make a conscious decision and say, you know what, I'm going to do things a little bit better. I'm going to grow. I'm going to learn. I'm going to um, add value to this world. Um, And another thing is it's... A lot of times when we start thinking of what do we want to do, it always starts with, well, what do I want for myself? And while you can do all these things for yourself, get all the money, lose all the weight, and whatever the case you want to do, helping others 
is one of the most valuable ways to leave your mark in this world. And it doesn't have to be, you know, quitting your life and going and starting an orphanage and helping people out. It could be donating to charity. It could be giving back. It could be spending some time with people with disabilities, just finding ways to give back and helping someone else who you are in a more fortunate position from is a very rewarding thing. And it's very humbling to see, Hey, you know what? Someone else out there has it worse than I have it. I'm grateful for what I have. Um, so I know it's, it's a little bit all over the place. My, de- my definition of this, um, but really just figuring out what your, um, core values are growing on those constantly and then giving back to the world. And I think that's that no matter what stage in your life you're at, that's something that you have to do. I know. I remember the moment when I had to take some time, I had a little bit of a crisis and I sat down and I'm like, I just pulled out a journal and I said, I had to write, you know, really the question was, who are you? (laughs) And I just sat there and I wrote everything about myself that I knew that was true, you know? And I look, and that's a turning point in my life. You know, before that I was a wreck, I was a mess and I was hurting people, you know? And after that, I think I really had some clear direction. I commend you on your self-awareness. Not everyone is able to do that. Well, and it's probably something that we ought to do every now and again, too, because we change and we grow. So now who you thought you were isn't always the person you are, you know, 10, 12 years later. So, yeah. So let's talk about the dating itself now. We've talked about kind of making sure that you're ready for it, right? What does, um, you know, maybe you've got some stories of guys where, they, they had to overcome hurdles in that process. What are some of those hurdles that you've helped them walk through once they get to the place where, okay, now they're, you know, they're getting the phone number, you know, and they're, they're setting up a date and, and they have those hurdles. What are the, the hurdles you walk them through? I think some people, when, when, uh, when someone is, um, uh, starving, they'll eat anything. Right. Um, but I think when someone hasn't dated for a while or hasn't dated someone good for a while, they'll miss a lot of um, red flags, if you want to call them that, or or place or points of incompatibility that they'll settle for just because they want someone. They want that. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be alone. They don't want to have that lack of connection. So they'll say, you know what? This person doesn't tick these boxes, but it's fine. I think it's good to filter out because if this is someone who you're going to spend, I mean, let's just say you've built an awesome life. You've got a great place. Um, you've got a good career. You've done all these things right. And you want to sit down with someone and spend the rest of your life with them. You want to filter out and make sure this is the best person for the job, quote unquote, right? So being able to sit down and filter and say, you know what? This person isn't a good fit. It's not a good match. You can't force chemistry. You can't force compatibility. I think one of the biggest ups, uh, uh, mistakes I see is a lot of guys, they'll try to force compatibility. Sometimes they'll, they're blinded by beauty and they're like, well, I'm just going to ignore all these red flags because the person in front of me is, is gorgeous. And attractiveness is one uh, quality. It's a lot of other qualities. If you want to be able to connect with someone on a good level, having a conversation, having an emotional connection, all these things matter. So sitting down and saying, well, this is what I will and will not stand for. And again, after breakup, it's an, it's, it's, it's a useful tool to, to do and say, you know what, these are the things that I appreciated about Max. These are the things that I didn't want in my next partner. And I will not stand for this. I will not settle for this. 
So drawing a line in the sand and saying, this is what I do and do not want, and being able to firmly say, that's what's going to happen. Like if, if I meet someone who isn't a good fit, no hard feelings, but we're just not a good fit. We can stay friends. I can introduce her to some other people, but she may not be a match for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, an important thing to be able to know what you're looking for. You know, the same way you kind of identify who you are, you kind of have to identify what you want. What do you find um, is the hardest part once they get past that point? You know, do you find that people have a hard time committing, or do you think that a lot of times the men you work with are ready for commitment? Um, so some men who come to work with us, they don't even want commitment. Some of them want the relationship. Some of them want to date around uh, because they've missed out on those experiences. They, they, they've sat down, they've worked all their lives, and they haven't been able to date around. So they want the experience first. So it really is just dependent on what the person wants themselves. Um, so some of the guys, they, like, they'll come and they'll miss out on a good person because they weren't ready yet. They just wanted to see what's out there and just connect with more and more people. Um, in, in that sense, the obstacle is that they miss out on a good person who you know could have been someone amazing. But I also say sometimes it's not that it was the wrong person. It might have been the wrong time. Could have been the right person, just the wrong time. So I met people in my life who could have been the right person, but it was just not the right time for me or them. So we just weren't in the right place. And that's also very difficult to time. I feel also people get frustrated by the dating pool per se, because, you know, you meet someone and they tick so many boxes, but there's stuff that doesn't, doesn't get ticked. And it's difficult to force that box to be ticked. Um, so honestly, with the tools that we give guys, once they get to that point and they're able to filter and they have the skills to meet people and they have the skills to do that, um, they don't usually have a problem of filtering out who is in, who is in a good fit. If it's the right time and the right person, then, you know, we, we get invited to their wedding sometimes or their engagement party. And, um, that's awesome to be able to do that. Do you believe that there is one person out there for every person you know what i mean like do you, do you like i know that it's kind of that hollywood sure do you, what do you, what's your thoughts on that i think um with you know seven billion people on this earth there's definitely more than one person for you um it's difficult to say that having found my one person um i can't picture my life without that one person it's almost unfathomable um and i'm sure it's for you for, it's the same for you but um, I mean, there's 7 billion people out there. Statistically, there's definitely more than one person out there. And that's why some people are so heartbroken by a breakup. They're like, well, that was my one. Nothing was wrong with her. We were perfect, you know, and they, it's not like when I'm saying, see what you did and didn't like. I liked everything. And, you know, they can say that this was the best human being out there. And that's why they kind of fall further in the dumps in that pit where they're like, there's nobody else for me. And it's a way to say your sample size is too small. Right, you haven't left, you haven't dated enough people, you haven't met enough people, you haven't talked to enough human beings out there to see if someone else may be a better fit. In fact, a lot of times when someone comes to me and says, "You know, my ex was the perfect fit," after they go through working with us and they meet someone else, they're like, "I can't believe that that's what I thought was the end all be all. The person who I'm with now is, you know, miles ahead of what I was wanting. I just didn't know what else was out there." So when your sample size is small, it's difficult to see what else is out there because you, you don't know any better. 
I, uh, this is something I say a lot and it's, <laughs> it's, it's almost offensive, but I think it makes sense. And I, you know, any two idiots can make a marriage work if they both work, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I know people get mad at me when I say it, but I, I still kind of stand by that thought that, you know, I mean, you, you look at people in India who, um, have never met before and it doesn't always happen and I know India is changing these days but you it's still common where you have people who've never met and their parents arranged set it up and arranged it and they are happy they're fulfilled they have a wonderful relationship and compatibility usually the parents try to make sure there's some compatibility but I think they sometimes learn to make themselves compatible you know sure and and I, I think I think you're definitely right on, on that part um I do think if uh, it's difficult to say because we, we, we just don't know, but if those people had choice and they had more options, I'm sure they would find, they would create that same level of compatibility, if not better with someone who they had a choice to, uh, to, uh, to be with. And I've had clients who have had um, arranged marriages that didn't work out or they were in line for an arranged marriage and they just didn't want that. They wanted to pick for themselves. Um, but I mean, if, if, if it works for you, it works for you. I have no um, no ill will for anyone who's gone through arranged marriage, and if it's working for them, by all means. It, what makes me happy is seeing people happy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care. Um, I don't care your if, if 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 for me, love is love. If I see two people happy, I'm just I'm happy for them. Straight gay, I don't care. Yeah. If, if I see people who are genuinely happy, it genuinely puts a smile on my face. So if it's an arranged marriage, or if it's not arranged marriage, or whatever the case may be, if they're happy together. It makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the way I, the way I see it. And I think that, you know, the secret to that is putting in the work and the time and the, the, uh, the effort to understand issues of compatibility. And if they, if they're, you know, there's give and take, you know, because there's never, there's never anybody that is, you know, 100% exactly what you're looking for unless your qualifications are too low you know if you have if you've got the qualifications there's always going to be something that they're they don't have sure of course and you have to compromise a little you know of course right i'm just saying if it's not a deal breaker like if your deal breaker is loyalty and they're everything else but they're not loyal that's not going to work right yeah yeah, and and sign off on the right deal breakers like oh she's a brunette instead of a blonde no that's (laughs) You're right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You can, she could dye her hair if she wants to. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, um, of all of the guys that you've helped over the years, what is your favorite uh, story, do you think? Oh, man. I have, it's crazy because um, I, have a, I have a coach who works with me, and his name is Kyle. And um, he always tells me, like every time I have a client who, whose life has changed, he's like, oh man, he's like the son you've never had. You know, he's like your son. Because I'm so proud of these people's transformations. Um, I've worked from people from, um, I worked with one story that comes to mind. I, I want to mention more than one because I do have a few. But one story that comes to mind is I met a guy years and years ago who was missing a hand. And so, um, you know, not the average client that we get. Uh, the average client we get is someone who, um, is just regular Joe. This guy, um, everything about him was cool, um, but he was missing a hand. And so he had gone through bullying as a child. Um, when I found him, I saw his Facebook. I saw someone had written 
some like a, a, a nasty comment saying like I don't remember what it was something like very handy I was just like why so this person is going through that I remember meeting him and talking to him and um, awesome guy and he was just so embarrassed about this because he was just born missing a hand right and um, I was like I wanted him to be proud of it I wanted him to be like genuinely proud of like it doesn't bother me and seeing his transformation go from being nervous and shy about this to turning around and talking to um, some amazing girls. Now he's a girl girlfriend, but at the time he was just meet, meeting girls and they, were, they weren't pitying him. They more so liked him and they were like enjoying his, his talks and he, was, he had a lot of humor about him and just seeing his face of going, I can actually do this. Like I'm not a lesser human, I'm the same. And just seeing that really just made my day, like really made my day. Um, so that was one story. Another story is uh, of another client who, who I was doing a testimonial video with him and I almost started tearing up. Um, he's in his, he's in his fifties and um, while he was, he's, he's now dating someone that he's really happy with. And he said, you know what? Um, my brother came up to me the other day and said, I don't recognize you anymore. He's like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, I've never seen you be confident within who you are. And this is the first time in 50 years that I see that you're confident within who you are. And he started like tearing up, telling me like the heart to heart that he had with his brother. And I started almost tearing up because I'm like, that's, that's amazing. The relationship is extra. I'm glad that you found someone. I'm glad you're happy with someone. I'm glad you did. But the fact that you, that you have that after 50 years, like it's extremely rewarding to have that. Yeah. Well, and with his brother, he would know. Yeah. You know, he would know him better than anybody. Oh, so, one more. I'm sorry, because you're good. Th- th- uh, third one that I have is a, a client of mine. Um, didn't really have any issues with confidence, um, but more so, um, like, just wanted a higher caliber of person. Like, he, he he was settling a lot for people that he wasn't genuinely attracted to. Remember, he he saw someone. He's like, I'm attracted to this person, but she's out of my league. I'm like, I'm not going to stand for that. Go and talk to him. Like, I just I, I gave him that little kick in the ass that he needed. Um, to do so, he talked, he fumbled his words, it was a mess. Somehow they exchanged contact information, and that was that. Um, I get a text from a mutual friend of ours four years later that that guy and that exact same girl were getting married. Hmm. It's just a powerful reminder of how much, one, we have our own limiting beliefs that get in our way, and two, how powerful taking action can actually be. It's easy to see somebody is out of your league, but maybe what we need to do is to up our league. <laughs> Go find you out know? for yourself. Maybe. Exactly. Sure, maybe. Find out. Awesome. So uh, I like to ask my guests a handful of questions. Um, you know, in, in the interview itself, I think it really kind of helps helps me see you and who you are. And one of those is, what do you think it takes to be a man? What is what is a man defined by? Um, I think actions speak uh, volume, right? Um, because you can say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You can say, this is what I stand for. But it's really just your actions that really uh, prove it. So one of the things that I learned in, in business is don't tell people, show them. And I think um, what defines a man is really just being able to go out there and build the life that he wants. Even if it's not, you don't have to be a billionaire. You don't have to fly. Out. Like, it, it could be the most humble life in the world. But you have the, the you, you have the brain... Uh, in your head and you have the, the ability to go out and build whatever it is that you desire 
So being able to just go after whatever it is that you want and being able to put that forward and create that because there's no other species in this world that can decide, can make a decision of, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose weight and actually, you know, start working out and lose weight. Or I'm going to build a business and just do it out of thin air. We're the only species in the world that a single decision can make us go and do some crazy um, achievements in this world. So I think what defines a man is being able to decide on what he wants to create for him, for the people around him, mm-hmm. and go out and actually achieve it by putting the correct action steps in front of him. I'm not saying that you're not going to go uh, meet, uh, meet hardship. Your car will break down on your way to that important job interview. Um, there's going to be a fire that's going to start. You're going to have to put it out. So many things are going to happen along the way. But being able to persevere through all that is what I believe makes a man. Mm. Excellent answer, my friend. I also like to ask this question. So let's say you run into the eight to 10 year old version of Sammy and you've got the opportunity to speak into his life, to tell him something he needs to know. What is it that you're going to tell him? It's funny because I recently did a similar exercise to this. Um, And what I would say to him is, um, don't worry about this. You've got this. Because there's all this doubt, all this like fear and sadness, and um, you know, I was bullied a little bit as, as a kid sometimes, um, and just put down a lot, um, and I was always like hard on myself because of that. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I didn't have any faith in myself or trust that I could do it. And so, the words I would say is, "Listen, you got this. You genuinely got this. Don't worry about it." And it's hard to, to, to think back then in that mindset, would I have accepted that advice? Um, but I'm, I think everyone who's looking back at their old self and they've reached whatever point they have reached, it's great to be able to turn around and say something like that. Yeah. It's an awesome question. Very difficult to answer. It, it is. Um, my favorite answer was a guy who said, I would tell myself to floss and brush my teeth <laughs> because he talked about all the all the problems he had with his teeth. And I'm like, that was actually a very interesting answer. Like I had never thought about it. It was very practical. But yeah. no, I do. It, it's a good question. I think we've got a lot of really neat answers over the, the course of this uh, this season to that. And so, yeah. And that's a good answer, too. You know, definitely. It's going to be OK. I, I needed to hear that. I don't remember if anybody ever told me that. So I can uh, I can relate to your story some there too. You know, I was bullied, picked on, and and I had to tell myself that after, you know, standing up for myself, you know, and learning it that way. So I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um, and then the next question is, what is your best advice for the men that are listening to you today? In, in general? Uh, to this podcast. The guys listening in right now, what's your best advice for them? My best advice, um, which is, a very again, a very difficult question because I have so many thoughts that are flooding my mind, is we are limited only by the capabilities of whatever we're able to imagine. And the limitations that we create to ourselves are our own prisons. So I'm not saying that you need to be the next Elon Musk or... Um, the next person that who you know who's created amazing things in this world, but whatever you whatever stage you are in your life right now, you are to some degree creating some limitations for yourself that are false. 
that you can break free from and break down those barriers and create whatever it is you truly want to create. So we are our own worst enemies in that sense because we limit ourselves from what we can do. What, what is the limiting thought that you find yourself running into the most? In my life now? Yeah. Um, it's funny because a lot of it comes back down to every level I grow at, I always hit a ceiling and I'm like, well, this is the new, this is the actual ceiling. And I break, I break free from that. So for example, when I first started um, my business, I was like, well, no one's going to want to listen to me. And then boom, we got our first clients. I'm like, well, you know, only one guy wants to listen to me, right? And that was the new limiting belief. And then boom, we broke through that. And then we got like three clients. Uh, well, I got three clients. So it wasn't a we back then. And so every stage that I go to, I always go, you know what? This is the new ceiling. There's no more clients. So we can't like, um, we've helped as many people as we have. And we, we, we've helped thousands of men. I'm just like, you know what? Uh, the, the volume that we're working with today, we, we just physically can't work with more guys or anything like that. And then I always say, well, so get more coaches to work with for, for you. Still produce the best program that there is out there. And just keep your doors open where people who do knock, you're able to find a way to help them out. So you're not just shutting people out or whatever. And so... I think it, it, I've finally been able to break through through that where I've realized that there's so many people that we've already helped. But there's so many more people out there who still need our help and are still in trouble or, you know, in, in, in need for, for this change. And that was one of the limiting beliefs that I had um, throughout last year is that we've, we physically can't take on more people. So we hired more coaches and we added uh, more structure to our stuff. So we were able to. That's awesome. I can see where, yeah, you come up with a challenge and now you've got to come up with a solution. So, uh, if I've, if our guests today want to get plugged in with what you're doing, what's the best way for them to connect to you? Sure. So, um, on Facebook, we have a, an awesome group called, um, the ministry of attraction tribe. They can go ahead and search for that. They can add me on Facebook and just, um, my name is S-A-M-I-M-O-A, so Sammy Moa. They can go to, if they don't want to speak to me or if they don't want to check out our group, they can go to sammymoa.com and um, check out some of the awesome uh, trainings and free tutorials that we have so they can check us out. Uh, but the Facebook group is awesome because we have a lot of guys in there who um, are just there to help other men. I love that camaraderie that we've created of just men helping men. Some men are coming out of divorce. Some men are graduating college and they're like, you know what, how do I get into a relationship at this point? And there's always advice for everyone else. And there's no bad vibes. Everyone is helping everyone. Awesome. So guys, check it out and uh, let's connect with Sammy and see if we can level up. Hey, man, I really appreciate you being on the show today. You've had some really excellent insight and advice, and I really definitely appreciate it. Thank you. Of course, man. Thank you so much for your time. Sammy, thank you for a great interview. I really appreciate you taking your time to share this with us. Listen, if you appreciate what you're hearing from these interviews here at Manlyhood, please share it with somebody. Let's spread the word. Leave us a rating or review on iTunes. I love you guys. I care about you, and I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. 
Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for Manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.